We're thankful for people that love the truth of God and are interested in what the Bible teaches, not what individuals, what man teaches, but what the Bible says, what the Bible teaches. That's, that's what we have to go on is his word, the word of God, the Bible. And that's how we know that we are truly his children. Romans the eighth chapter and the 14th verse said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Well, being led of the spirit is being led by this word because Jesus told us in St. John, the sixth chapter and the 63rd verse, it is the spirit that quickeneth. That means to be made alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the words of Jesus, the words that he speaks to us, that is spirit. Now we've got to be led by the spirit. If we're led by the spirit, we are the sons of God. That means we're being led by the word. We're not being led by what some man teaches. We're being led by what Jesus says. They, those words are spirit. That's what we're being led of today. And if we're being led of the spirit, being led by the words of Jesus, he is the cornerstone of our lives. That's what this Bible teaches. He is the head cornerstone. And that is what we build our lives around. It's what we build our lives from is the headstone, the head cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Everything comes from him. He is the foundation of our lives. He's the foundation that we build our lives around and on. First Corinthians, the third chapter, the Bible says in the ninth verse, for we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. That's how we know that we're God's building. We're building on the foundation that God prepared for us. Things that Jesus spoke. The 10th verse, according to the grace of God, which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed, folks. Let's be careful how we build. Let's do what Apostle Paul says. Let's take heed how we build thereupon. Let's read it again. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Listen to this. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If we build on anything else besides what Jesus Christ says, his foundation, his fundamental principles, folks, God won't recognize that foundation. He said, because for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Folks, God won't recognize any other foundations. If this is God's building, we're going to build off what Jesus says. This building has to be fitly framed from the cornerstone, from the headstone. Turn with me to Ephesians, the second chapter and the 19th verse. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. God recognizes this. This is the reason why he recognizes this. Let's read it again. And now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. This is why he recognizes us. We're not a stranger anymore. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, 
Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Listen to this now. In whom, from the cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly, it's got to be fitly, it's got to fit with what Jesus said, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the Lord. We're growing in God because we're building with God. We're building on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We built our lives around this. And folks, we've been preaching the last week about the rapture. Did Jesus teach the rapture of the church? Now, folks, what they say that the rapture consists of is the church leaving this earth at approximately a period of about a thousand years. There's several different doctrines of the rapture. The main doctrine is we're leaving here, the church is leaving here a thousand years before the wicked are judged. The church is going to get eternal life, and then the wicked are going to get their reward. And I want us to take a look. Is that what Jesus taught? Is that fitly framed from the cornerstone? We've got to take heed, folks, how we build on this foundation We've got to be careful. We can't come off that foundation, folks. We've got to stay on the foundation, what Jesus taught. So what did Jesus teach? Did Jesus teach that the church was going off a thousand years before the last day? Or did he teach that the church would be raised at the last day, the last trump? Turn with me to St. John, the sixth chapter in the 54th verse. Jesus is talking about the church, the blood-washed crowd. He says, whosoever, the 54th verse, whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, that's the sacrament, taking the sacrament, hath eternal life. The church is the only ones that's allowed to take the sacrament. So this is the church. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up. At the last day, it didn't say a thousand years before the last day, but the last day. That's why I'm wanting people to take heed what they teach, how they build on this foundation. Folks, you can't lay any other foundation than what Jesus taught. He taught the church was going to get up at the last day, the last trump. When Jesus comes back, it's going to be the last day, folks, and the last trump. Paul confirms that in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, the 51st verse, Paul said, behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. There's not everyone, folks, in this resurrection is going to be dead. There's going to be folks that are here that are alive and remain at the last day, at the last trump. This is what the apostles taught too. For behold, I shew you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed. We'll get eternal life, folks. The dead in Christ is going to rise first, and then we're going to be changed, folks. The 52nd verse, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, listen to this now, at the last trump, the last trump at the last day, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The last trump at the last day. This is what our brothers taught. Paul wasn't teaching anything different than what Jesus taught. The church wasn't going off and get a reward a thousand years before the last day. Folks, it was going to be the last day at the last trump. 
You can't find anywhere in this Bible that after the last trump sounds, there's going to be any more trumpet sound. That's the last trumpet at the last day. It's going to wind it up. And again, folks, that's exactly what Jesus taught too. Turn with me to the 13th chapter of Matthew and the parable that he was speaking on, 13th chapter of Matthew, and we'll start at the 24th verse. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed into his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? What Jesus say? But he said, Nay, told him no, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. What's, what's he saying here now? Let both grow together, the good and the bad. Let both grow together until the harvest. And I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn, folks. That's what Jesus taught. And he expounds the parable in the 37th verse. He answered and said unto them, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. That's the church. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. That's the children of the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. Now, folks, he said the harvest was the end of the world. And he said in the 30th verse, let both the church, the good and the bad, the tares grow together until the harvest. That was the end of the world. Now, folks, that's what Jesus taught. That's what Jesus taught. That's what Paul taught. Sometimes people get caught up in ideas and opinions of men and start getting into revelations and start teaching their own doctrine and forget totally what Jesus taught. What did Jesus say about it? Folks, there's so many doctrines out there that they get into revelations and don't have any clue. Don't have any clue. They'll take off on an educated guess, knowing the Greek and the Hebrew. Folks, I want, I'd rather know what Jesus said. Give me what Jesus said. That's what I'm going to build my foundation on. That's what I'm going to build my life on. You get into the Greek and Hebrew, there are so many interpretations of an individual word that they have to rely on their own interpretation to get their own doctrine. Folks, I'm satisfied with what Jesus taught. I'm satisfied with what Jesus taught, what he spoke. This is what I'm going to build my life around. Jesus never taught that the church was going to go off a thousand years before the last day or any time before the last day. Jesus taught that he was coming back at the last day at the last trump. Folks, I've heard so many different interpretations, different doctrines. They've got the church coming in and out of this world, bouncing in and out like a yo-yo. 
leaving before the tribulation, leaving in the middle of the tribulation, leaving after the tribulation, leaving before the thousand-year reign, and leaving after the thousand-year reign. Folks, Jesus explains every bit of that if we would just seek him in prayer. And folks, it's very easy to find out what Jesus taught. He said again in Matthew, the 13th chapter, let both grow together until the harvest. That's the good and the bad are going to be here until the harvest. And he said that the harvest was the end of the world. It was the last day. Don't let anybody trouble you in mind, folks. Let's go on what Jesus said. The church is not leaving here. No one's leaving here until the last day at the last trump. Matthew, the 13th chapter and the 41st verse, the son of man. Well, let's get the 40th. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom, not the church, but the wicked. The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. He's taken the bad out and leaving the good and shall cast them into a furnace of fire and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. That's the question, folks. Are you hearing this word? Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. Let's don't stop our ears up from hearing the truth, folks. Let's take heed to the word of God. Let's take heed how we build on this foundation. Let's go down to the 47th verse in the 13th chapter of Matthew. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels but cast the bad away. This is what Jesus taught. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just. Now, folks, you know that's not what they teach out there. They're not teaching that. They're teaching that Jesus is coming back and he's taking the church out of here, rapturing the church out of here, and leaving that poor old sinner man figuring out what in the world's going on. I don't know what's happening. Now that's not what Jesus taught folks. And you won't find, you won't find that kind of doctrine in this Bible. You won't find it. Now, I've read this Bible for 20 some years, folks. God saved my soul in 1979. And I've sat under some great men preaching. And I have never, ever in my life found the word rapture in this Bible. You might think that's strange, folks, but take your Bible and look through it. See if you can find even the word rapture in the Bible. I'd hate to think that I believed on something that was not even in the Bible. That is something some man has figured out in his mind, his own mind, his own private interpretation. Folks, this word of God has to be interpreted by the word of God. It's not by any private interpretation. Turn with me to Second Peter, the first chapter and the 20th verse. Knowing this first, 
This is the first thing you've got to know, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not of old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, folks. Holy men of God spake by the Holy Ghost, folks. I'm going to tell you something. God's not going to reveal this to men that's out here living like hell, living any way that they want to live, folks. There's so many interpretations of people not even living right, trying to unravel this word of God with their own wisdom. Folks, by wisdom, this world knew not God. God's not going to give it to men. No, that's out here living like hell, living any way that they want to live. Holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Ghost to understand what these brothers were writing with. It's the same spirit that wrote it. It's the same spirit that'll have to move on men to unravel it. And God has not given his spirit to just everybody out there, folks. People that are living their own way. I tell you, turn with me to Acts, the fifth chapter and the 30th verse. This will show you who God's given the Holy Ghost to. The 30th verse says, The God of our Father raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted at his right hand to be a prince and a savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. We have to obey God before we get this Holy Ghost, folks. The same spirit that moved on these holy men will have to obey God. We'll have to be pure too for that Holy Ghost to move on us to unravel the word of God. Well, no, Jesus didn't teach that the church was going to be raptured out of here a thousand years before the last day. He taught it was going to be the last day when he comes to execute judgment. The last day is when we'll all get our reward, both saint and sinner. Let both grow together until the harvest. Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, the seventh verse, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And Matthew said that those mighty angels were going to come and sever the wicked from among the just. Let's read some more in, in 1 Thessalonians again. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction. He's coming back to destroy the wicked. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power? Now, when is that going to happen? The same time we get our reward, the same time we get glorified. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Now, folks, that's when it's going to happen. He's coming back to deal destruction to the wicked and give the righteous their reward. I tell you, just going down to the second chapter of the second Thessalonians and the first verse, it reads just exactly what we're talking about. The day of the Lord's at hand, when our gathering together unto him. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter, the first verse. Now we beseech you, brethren. This is what Paul is saying. Beseech is begging. 
That's what I want to do out there today, folks. Tell you, I'm going to beg you. Don't listen to everybody out there. There's people trying to deceive you. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What are we talking about? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by our gathering together, Paul's gathering, he was in this church too. When the church is gathered together unto him, he says, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter. Don't let anybody disturb you, folks. Stay well on what this word says. Listen to this, that you be soon not shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand, that he is coming, the day that we're going to be gathered together unto him. It said, let no man deceive you. So many times it's in here, folks. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. It's not going to come until some things happen, folks except there come a falling away first. And I'll say that's here. The falling away first is here. There's people that's fell away from the word of God, folks. And then what else has got to happen before his coming? And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. This man of sin has got to be revealed first. He said that day's not going to come until this man of sin is revealed. When he revealed, it shows you how he is revealed. Jesus is not coming back until this man is revealed. Folks, you might as well get it out of your mind that the church is going to be raptured out of here before this man of sin is revealed. People say, oh, oh, we're going to be long gone before this man is revealed. That's not what this Bible says, folks. You follow this, what this preacher's saying. That day's not going to come except the falling away first happen, and I believe that's here, and then the man of sin be revealed. Folks, that's not happened yet, but it'll tell you how he's going to be revealed. He's going to, the next verse, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. He's going to put everything down that's called God or that's worship. This man's going to have worldwide power. So that he is God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember, Paul said, remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what would holdeth that he might be revealed in his time. The church is going to be here, folks. This man of sin's got to be revealed first. And how he's going to be revealed is he's going to take power over the whole world. He's going to exalt himself above all that's called God or that's worship. He's going to put down everything that's going to be worshiped. He's going to put down everything, folks, that's called God or that is worshiped. Listen to the seventh verse now. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. There's a lot of mysteries out there, folks. A lot of false ways, a lot of false teachings. Listen to the eighth verse now. And then shall that wicked be revealed. Whom the Lord, now listen to what's going to happen to him when he's revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now that's what it said in the first chapter. He's destroying the wicked. When this man of sin is going to be revealed, He's going to be destroyed. But you notice that the church, the church is not leaving here, folks. 
You notice in the first verse of this chapter, the first and second verses, what are we talking about? The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. Paul said it wasn't going to happen until he was revealed. And then when he is revealed, then Jesus at his coming will destroy him, folks, and we'll get our reward. We'll be gathered together to him. That's what this Bible teaches. I want to be founded on it, don't you? Now you notice, again, Paul said that our gathering together unto him, Paul included himself in it too, folks. This is when Paul was going to be gathered together with Jesus too, folks. He didn't leave himself out of it. He's not going to get his until the last day too, folks. It's the last day. We're all going to get our reward together. Not separate times. It's going to be the same time, the same day. Paul's not going to get his reward different than any other time than the last day when the church is glorified. And Paul spoke about when he was going to get his reward. Turn with me at 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. Paul was getting ready to depart this life. Yeah, the sixth verse, the fourth chapter of 2 Timothy. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He was getting ready to depart. Yes, from this life. He was fixing to die. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, from this time on, Paul said, there is laid up for me, it was laid up for him, folks, a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, when was he going to get it, shall give me, Jesus was going to come and give him that reward, shall give me at that day. There was a day appointed when that reward was going to be handed out. And it wasn't going to be separate and apart from anyone else either, folks. Let's read it again. From henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only. Paul wasn't going to get his separate and apart. But unto all them that love his appearing. When he's revealed from heaven, folks, at his appearing, when Paul got his reward, Everyone else that loves his appearing, that's when they're going to get their reward. The same day, at that day. And that's when he's coming to destroy the wicked, folks. Paul said that crown of righteousness wasn't just laid up for him only, but to all them that love his appearing. At that day, when Jesus appears, when he comes, his reward is with him. Jesus said in Revelations, the 22nd chapter and the 12th verse, And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. When he appears, he's got that crown of righteousness for old brother Paul and to all them that love his appearing. Yes, his reward is with him, he said. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. It's eternal life. You're not going to get eternal life until Jesus comes. And my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. To the saint, eternal life. And to the sinner, eternal damnation. As it says in St. John, the fifth chapter and the 28th verse, Jesus is speaking. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming that all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. That day, in that day, there's coming an hour. All that are in the grave shall hear his voice and come forth. They that have done good in the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I know you can see that the same day Paul gets his. 